It's basic snitches time! Yeah! <laughs> Woo! I promise we'll actually work on a real intro someday. Look for it in book two. <laughs> <laughs> or three or four. Or <laughs> and this time we're actually recording, like, not that long from our second. It was a yeah. couple weeks. We're doing a good job. Yeah, we're more <laughs> on a tighter schedule now. As in, like, we're not recording episodes months apart. <laughs> good so job, t- us! like, a couple weeks. But we do actually have a schedule. Like, we have things on our calendar of, like, this is a day when we will record a couple episodes. And we're saying this in here so people will know that and recognize that and be proud of us for being adults. Yes. Um, speaking of, <laughs> actually, creating a schedule is part one to trying to be more air quotes, professional about recording this podcast, as I'm uh, editing it every week, I'm noticing a lot of things that some of our listeners may have noticed. Like, when we're recording, don't put your phone on vibrate right next to the microphone, because it will pick it up, and things like that. And how often I say things like, um, there was a one that I had to cut out of the last episode where it was a good seven seconds of me just umming and then trying to regather what I was going to say. So we're working on it. (laughs) This this is a... This is who we are. Love us, please. We're called basic snitches, not uber professional snitches or something like that. So (laughs) anyways, how are you today? I am tired, but it is the end of the week, and we survived, and that is all that matters. Yes, exactly. Same here. Although, for once, I am not running from work doing other things. I have been able to come back home and sit on my phone and do nothing, which is a great change of running around and doing actual things out into the world. So that is nice. As I sit here in my scrubs that I put on at 4.30 this morning... (laughs) <laughs> and haven't been home yet, but we can relate often to each other's oh. <laughs> feelings there. So Of being way more busy and strapped for time than we should be. On the other hand, I'm wearing a hoodie that says, can you not on it? And I'm wearing my glasses, which are basically the two signs that people do not fuck with me. <laughs> Although it's been a pretty chill day. So we're doing good. What are you drinking today? Um, this tea that you made. Yes, I made it. Adam made this tea. It's apple tea, and there's also, I think it's green tea with lemon in it. Except mine is special because I put apple juice and whiskey in it. And mine is special because I didn't have to make it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's in a Harry Potter mug. And it's in the Harry Potter mug I got Adam for Christmas, maybe? Some some special occasion. I have the same one at home. It's very cute. My mug is special because it's two gallons. It's actually <laughs> very It is a large. very large mug. Yes, it's about as big as Tara. Well, no. About as half. I was about to say it's about half as big as <laughs> Anyway. I What I mean is it's about half of Tara's head. It's not quite as big as her head. This so... is coming from someone who has a very large head. <laughs> Anyways. Awesome. All right, so today we are covering the chapter called... The Letters from No One. It's chapter three. The letter... The, <laughs> There's not whiskey in your tea. I've been awake since four. <laughs> me. Maybe there should be. <laughs> there should be. Um, it is chapter three, The Letters from No One. That sounded 
maybe better? Okay. Yes. And I wrote an outline for Adam to read, and it's okay, and I'm going to have him read it. Good. I'm very excited. All right. Cue the music, me in the future. The letter's from no one, and this is, again, in bulleted form. Uncle Dickweed locks Harry in the cupboard till summer. Dudley breaks all his new shit because 11-year-old boys are destructive. <laughs> Fluffykins, there we go. Oh, using his <laughs> real name. Fluffykins has a gang of other bullies that like to torture Harry because 11-year-old boys are also assholes. Harry is looking forward to secondary school because Duddy... Duddy Fluff won't be there. <laughs> first, not what I thought that said. I'm Floofy Tinky Dutters. Oh my god! <laughs> That's his new name. Fuck Fluffy Duddykins. Floofy Tinky Dutters. Floofy Tinky Dutters is going to Smeltings, which is a stupid name for a school. <laughs> Hang on. Before I continue, Tara was like, this one wasn't as good as my last one. Disagree. <laughs> Which, and the first one was good, too. They give sticks to children to hit each other with, because that sounds like a good idea. We meet Mrs. Fig, but it's boring because we learn nothing about her cat. <laughs> because we learn nothing about her cats. Which sucks. Harry gets the... M- Gets the meal? Harry? Mail? Harry gets the mail. That, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Harry gets the mail because he's the slave boy. And surprise, there's a letter for him. But Vernon steals it before he can open it. And he won't let Harry have it back. Isn't it against the law to open someone else's mail? I wrote this down. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Pretending to be nice and also wanting to hide Harry from the letter writer... They give Harry an actual bedroom. Another letter comes for Harry, and another. And Uncle Vernon won't let Harry have them. More letters come... Yes, more letters come in weird ways. Like inside eggs and such, so that's weird. Harry and Vernon play a weird game, trying to outsmart each other to try to get the mail first. Vernon, frowny face. Harry, open mouth face. It's no, like no, po- it's Vernon one, Harry's oh. <laughs> I thought they were like faces. <laughs> like while well, you make like colon and then the parenthesis <laughs> frowny face. We just lost every person listening. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Vernon one, Harry zero. That makes sense. Unfortunately, not that it's unfortunate. It makes you know what I mean. Okay, um, way way more letters come. Vernon is cray cray. Mm-hmm. Finally. Vernon decides to hide the whole family. They drive to the middle of nowhere, then the middle of another nowhere, then to a crappy hotel. More letters come! Driving, driving, driving. Harry suddenly realizes it's the day before his birthday. Vernon drives to the sea. A creepy man takes them to a creepy shack. To a creepy shack. No letters here. Real frowny face. I'm certain that's a frowny face this time. Harry counts down to his birthday alone. Boom. (laughs) And that's that. That was wonderful. (laughs) It had the, like, the great humor of writing something from the inside of our brains. But it also had the, 
level of I can understand this that you had from my list last week. Yeah, sorry. No, it's fine. The one zero thing. I literally thought they were faces. I don't know if that's going to translate well or not, but I hope it does because it was funny. All right, so jumping into the meat of the chapter, we open up and immediately we learn that Harry has been punished the worst out of anything that he has ever experienced for, for the whole snake incident. I wrote down three different themes that I kind of came up with in this chapter, and this kind of is the start of one of them. And it's that Harry's a wizard. The Dursleys know this. This is why they punished him. We kind of talked about it last time about, like, Harry may have caused the glass dis to disappear without him really understanding that he did. And they're trying to keep him from being a wizard. Like, throughout this entire chapter, they are taking the letters away from him. They are moving out of their house. They're completely inconveniencing themselves just to keep this big secret and keep Harry from who he really is. What it made me think of, and even, like, into the next chapter, we see them being like, don't tell Harry the truth about who he is. And it makes me think of, like, people who grow up in the closet, for example, and they try to hide who they really are, and that sort of damaging experience of trying to not live your fullest life. I think a lot of it's driven by fear for them, at least especially Vernon. I think you just said something that just kind of made me really sad was like, they're punishing this child who doesn't understand it. You know what? And they don't, they really don't want him to be a wizard. Okay. Like they can't control that. But if they think they can control that, maybe they don't need to treat him like shit while they're trying to control that. I started automatically writing down things about abuse again. <laughs> See? And we're like, we're going to be funny. And then we talk about sad shit like yeah. abuse. To balance things out, to be fair... The end of the series is also has a lot of sadness in it. So what? we're just bouncing things out. Are you here. kidding? Just looking at some of the things that they do, they things that we've already said before. But there's this extreme of Harry not getting the adequate care that he needs for a ten year old child. And the complete other test side of the spectrum, there's what did you call him? I need to call him that again. Oh. Fluffy for uh, oh, Floofy Diddy Dinky Dutters. Floofy Dinky Dutters is on the other side of the room breaking all of his toys that he got so enraged about not getting enough of. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. The abuse doesn't just stop with the parents, Vernon and Petunia. It also continues on with Dudley, of course, and his friends. And we learn all the names of Dudley's other friends, which is completely irrelevant because we don't give a fuck about them. They're assholes. We also kind of... The one thing that I really like here is, first, we start to see a little bit of Harry's personality, of him being a smartass. <laughs> I love smartass Harry in <laughs> yes. this book. And, like, he doesn't Especially even know he's a early wizard Like I don't even think he knows he's a smartass either. <laughs> no. The thing about... Oh, at the school, the, on the first day, they put your head in the toilet or whatever. Want to go upstairs and, and try it out? And Harry's like, I don't know, see how we, well, I don't know what the exact um, is. Yeah, but it's something sassy, funny. How are they going to get your head in a toilet because it's so fucking big or whatever? Um, he <laughs> says, that poor toilet's never had anything as horrible as your head down it. It might be sick. Are you sure he said that? How are they going to get your fucking head in it? I think that's perfect. No, that's, that's, that's the exact quote, of course. 
That, I was like, oh my gosh, like we're seeing some of his personality, some of his bravery, his Gryffindor quality there. So that that's the first place. The other place, oh my god, what was it? He talks back to Petunia. Oh, it's something like <laughs> when, when he's when she's dying the clothes. Yeah, I didn't realize it had to be wet. <laughs> yeah, like you little shit. Something that I wrote down. They're trying to hide the fact from Harry that he has these magical powers. Obviously, all this mail is coming into the house. It's completely overwhelming everything. It's coming through the cracks in the wall. It's coming in the eggs, which is super random. And clearly magical. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that's actually a good point to what I'm about to say, because this is unbelievable. This is nothing that would ever happen. Like, the IRS doesn't do this shit. Maybe. (laughs) I mean, they come pretty close. There was one line where Vernon says, they're watching on us, they're spying on us. These people's minds work in strange ways. They're not like you and me. What I wrote was, watching, spying on us, they dumb. These are magical people. Now, Vernon, of course, is a little bit more removed from that. He doesn't know the magical world, perhaps, as much as Petunia. But these wizards and witches are peering in your windows, if this small 10-year-old boy can make glass disappear, like we learned, or he can jump on the roof, mm-hmm. the people who are watching or spying on you have ways and means of learning what is going on and looking at Harry. Petunian knows the reality of how they died. I don't think that they understand that they're famous in the way that they died, and that Harry is also famous. Of course they're going to be keeping an eye on them if... He is this prodigy who just defeated this dark wizard. Um, But they're not doing it by, you know, looking through the window. (laughs) That's interesting that you say that, of course, they're going to keep an eye on him because he's some wizard prodigy. I feel like the way the wizarding world works is that they know. I mean, how else? I mean, they just know. I think that there's some... Because obviously they wouldn't have known Lily was a witch. They wouldn't... if, If they hadn't just known. It's not like they're watching all the muggle children to see who shows signs of magic, whether they knew what Harry really meant as far as a symbol of the wizarding world, are they really that dumb? Petunia, you grew up with Lily and suddenly she's a witch. Mm-hmm. And you know her child is going to be a wizard. Vernon says they're they're spying on us and he says their minds don't work the way ours do. And I think Petunia it just has to listen to what he says because she knows. Mm-hmm. But now is not the time for her to say anything, and she knows that there isn't really a time to say anything. She has to, I feel, let Vernon think that way, because otherwise it goes beyond the realm of his capabilities, because he doesn't, he doesn't believe in magic. He can't accept it. So if he believes that he's being spied on, that, that Harry's being spied on and they're watching, that's probably the easiest way for him to understand what's going on, whether he accepts it or not. There are so many things that you just said that made me think of other things. Like, first of all, Petunia, she understands this so much more. And yes, there are moments where she is part of the problem as well. I wonder if there's that one conversation they have behind closed doors where they're fighting to look through the keyhole. Oh, yes. I wonder if there's snippets of that conversation where Petunia is trying to reason Or does Petunia realize how unreasonable and potentially frightening Vernon is? I think at one point when he's like, okay, we're all leaving. We're going to this dilapidated shack on a rock. Mm -hmm. 
I think of the scene in the movie and Petunia looks worried. <laughs> like she has a very specific like, oh shit, look on her face. And that's when Dudley says, Daddy's going mad. Yeah. Like, that's the moment where she's like, okay, something is wrong here. He really doesn't understand what this world is like. These people's minds work in strange ways. They're not like you and me. Like, he doesn't understand the deepness of that statement. Because I don't feel like he's thinking completely through who these people are. So that's number one. But then number two, he is taking it so far to a place where it's not logical he's putting boards over the cracks that around the door and he's outside doing all this work while whistling and just like oh this is normal and then the milkman or the egg man <laughs> the egg man <laughs> i am the walrus uh. um he comes by and he's like what the fuck why am i giving you eggs through the window and then all of a sudden he's like, we're leaving and we're going to the most remote place possible. Like, Vernon, calm the fuck down. We told him in the first chapter, like, you need to go to therapy. This is what happens when you don't go to therapy. It's very interesting to think about how Petunia reacts to this because she has a person that is responding so poorly she knows so much more about it, but she can't talk about it either. They don't sit around and talk about magic. Right. You know, she can't sit, she can't sit there and be like, okay, Vernon, this is very important that you understand this and, and blah, blah, blah. Like, she can't do that. She could take all of her experience of having, when you know, when she and Lily were close and when they were younger or whatever, she could take all of that experience and try to explain that to Vernon, but he would never listen. And she knows that. My thought is that she probably doesn't even bother. She's comfortable in this life just pretending that the magic doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And if this is how he's responding, the only other option is to try to reason with him, and she knows that that's not possible because it requires explaining and discussing magic, and that can't happen. It, at times in this chapter, makes me think of people who are racist or homophobic or something. You can't use logic with them, and they're so deep in their misunderstanding that it's hard to even speak about it. It's like Thanksgiving dinner. The main thing that I got out of this entire chapter is that they are ignoring the problem um, in two different ways. One of them, of course, I touched on already, and that they're ignoring Harry's a wizard. This is what he is. They're not letting him be who he is. The other thing that they're doing is they're ignoring the male in this keeping up appearances way that I know I've mentioned before. It's not healthy. When you have a problem or when you have pain, the best way to kind of like get through it is to acknowledge it and live through it and experience it and deal with it. There's, there are quotes out there along the lines of <coughs> make the pain or make the problem your friend and acknowledging it is the first step to getting through it. They go so far in the opposite direction of <laughs> acknowledging these letters. And in that way, they're not keeping up appearances. Both of these, these instances where they're ignoring the problems in their lives. It makes me think of parents who shelter their kids to an unhealthy degree. Like, they don't let their, their children go on social media, for example, or watch TV, or whatever it is. Play outside. Yeah. And they don't let them have any of these, like, social experiences because they're afraid of the harm out there in the world. Instead of sitting down and talking about it and saying, okay, you can have social media, but here's the healthy way to do it so that you're not going on here 
and reaching out to strangers and all of the dangerous things that can happen online. So when this child inevitably grows up in a digital age and they haven't had social media, they don't know the rules, they're overwhelmed, and they don't know how to take advantage of this now almost crucial element of our society. Social media is a part of the way that we work these days. Some people more than others, of course. That's what it kind of made me think of. Or not not going to play outside. There's Luckily, Harry does have that, or whatever it was. I do it now, like going for a walk, so I know you do too. It's an escape from your regular life where you can like relax and enjoy nature. He does that so that he can get away from the Dursleys. But then there's also the moment where he... He doesn't even, he's not even at Hogwarts, and getting to school is a reprieve from them. And I think of times when I was home from college, and it was like, man, I can't wait to get back to school where I have my own rules and I live by my own terms. Yeah, it, it made me kind of draw that, that parallel to modern society and keeping children sheltered as well. So what I wanted to say was the way that this intensifies. Very interesting because of how it's like the chain of events that happen. We get the letter, Harry can't read it, and then more come, and Vernon's immediate response is, I have to move the child. So then they move Harry upstairs. And then he gets more letters addressed to the specific room he is in. And Vernon realizes that... Moving him upstairs isn't enough, so then he moves on, and he and it's bigger, and he has to cover the mail slot and beat Harry to get in the letters, and it just get, becomes more and more. And as Vernon intensifies his reaction to the situation, more and more letters come, and they come. There's actually the line about the eggs is that they found their way in. So we realize at this point that it's just going to get worse and worse, and then when they're in the hotel... And the guy at the front desk is like, is any of you this Mr. H. Potter? I've got a hundred of these at the front desk, or whatever he says. <laughs> it's just getting worse and worse. So it's really funny that when you get to the end of the chapter and Harry's like, oh, there's no way I'm going to get a letter here. That's why I love the end of the chapter, because it literally ends with someone beating on the door. Mm-hmm. What you almost want to happen, and what happens is better, obviously, is a bajillion letters just... <laughs> Knocking down the door and filling the hut. Yeah. Because that's what it feels like it builds to. Because Vernon's anxiety level and his his intensity just raise and raise and raise and raise. Mm-hmm. So. And of course, what we get instead of that. Well, while that image is amazing of just... The what happens is better. Is better, exactly. <laughs> and maybe the equivalent, I don't know. <laughs> there was something that you said. Oh, what was it? So I mentioned ignoring the problem, but you brought a different perspective to it. He can't ignore the problem. It's completely overtaking him. To the point where he has he's sleeping by the front door in a sleeping bag to keep Harry from getting yeah, the letter. He's way like, too old to sleep on the floor. <laughs> yeah. I'm too old to he sleep on the floor. sleep on the floor in his life. Like I like you know. I mean, I think I want to say that Vernon and Petunia are are older than we are right now. Oh, yes. But they can't be that much older because I think Lily and James would have been about our age if they had lived. Because they're 21 when they die and Harry is 10. So Lily or Vernon and Petunia can't be more than like late 30s. Unless Petunia married someone much older than her too. Sure, but she and Lily are not 
they're they can't be more than four or five years yeah. apart or else whatever my thought is just i'm too fucking old to sleep on the floor and i have been too fucking old to sleep on the floor for at least 10 years <laughs> so vernon i got i gotta give you some credit for your dedication to a lost cause <laughs> I mean, even times when you choose to sleep on the floor, like when you go camping or whatever, or whatever, this is like, I have to sleep on the floor because I cannot let him get these letters. It's in an effort to ignore the problem and go back to his normal life that he's used to and being comfortable while, you know, completely shuttering off this part of Harry's life that is central to who he is to the point where he's making magic without knowing it is just completely consuming him. He's consumed in keeping up appearances. Oh, yes. Like, it does make me think of, have you ever seen Keeping Up Appearances? I've not, but I know what it is. Oh, my gosh, with Mrs. Bucket and all of that. That's that's her name, Mrs. Bucket. She says it's bouquet. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) And it's, it's a British show, too, and that's almost kind of what I'm picturing is bumbling Mr. Vernon in drag as Mrs. Bucket. Oh, wow. (laughs) So yeah, that's an interesting other way to look at it that I hadn't really considered. I do want to ask you what your other questions and things you wanted to talk about were. I kind of touched on all of them, but the first one was, of course, what I had just said about the letters and ignoring them and trying to go back to their normal lives. And then Harry is a wizard. It's clear. They know it. Let him be what he is. And then, of course, the other thing was that this is why Vernon had to go to therapy. To finish off the chapter, I really want to talk about the last few paragraphs of the chapter because I think that they're wonderful. When Harry is counting down to his birthday that he knows no one's going to celebrate, which, again, I love to talk about the sad things that happen at the end of chapters. (laughs) But more specifically, I love the way it's written. So it starts off with five minutes to go. And then you get Harry observing something. And this chapter goes, five minutes to go, Harry heard something creak outside. He hoped the roof was not going to fall in, although it might be warmer if it did. And then it keeps going. Four minutes to go. Maybe the house in Privet Drive would be so full of letters when they got back, he'd be able to steal one somehow. And it just keeps going down. And then finally, the last part of it, maybe he'd wake Dudley up just to annoy him. Three, two, one. And then that's the boom. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I love how that's written. This is really just a delightful little entry into Harry's mind. The, literally, this is our last real interaction with him before he learns he's a, he's a wizard. Mm-hmm. And just the wanderings of the mind of a 10-year-old, basically 11-year-old, in a few seconds. Maybe when we get home, I can, I can have a letter. Is, is the rock falling into the ocean? There's all kinds of little things that are so delightfully a 10-year-old's thoughts. I think. Yeah. I just love that's how the chapter ends. It's written in a way that is very scatterbrained, too. And also just, like, the the line, in one minute he'd be 11. And what that feeling is, like, I did not grow up celebrating birthdays, which is less sad now that I'm an adult who celebrates birthdays. But when I was a kid, I felt sad about it. I know that I had thoughts sometimes of... If you if you stayed up till midnight or something, mm-hmm. and then like oh now I'm a, now I'm the ne- now I'm a whole year older mm-hmm. whatever and counting down and being like at midnight I am thirteen years old I don't know if that's what real people do uh, did when they were kids because I didn't I think I probably in the back of my mind thought that I would get to the point 
of the day that I was born and think, okay, I'm 15 now, you know, Mm. whatever. I just, I think that that's an, that's a delightful, youthful thing that I am trying to connect to because whether or not I celebrated birthdays, (laughs) I still, I still was a kid, you know? Yeah, I think so. I'm just in love with youthful Harry and his wandering thoughts prior to learning he's a wizard. It's fun. Absolutely. I think that kids do that all the time. Like, I think of moments where the next day we were going to vacation or something, and I was so wrapped up in thought of, oh my gosh, this is going to happen the next day. And from there, your your thoughts kind of bloom from here to there. They just kind of go all over the place. There are times, even now, as an adult who has trouble falling asleep sometimes because my brain won't stop thinking. <laughs> you latch onto a thought and then it grows into all of these other things and they're not quite as innocent and childlike anymore. It's more just like worrying. But yeah, I absolutely think that that's, it's a natural way for, for children to think. And I don't know. I just thought it was really sweet. Yeah. But we'll do a quick recap of the movie. I think that the movie takes care of everything we need to know. Yeah. The movie does a great job. I do know that the letters inside the eggs were in the deleted scenes, which oh, is they fun. Were? Yeah, so I if you ever no watch idea. yeah, that it's it's one of the deleted scenes oh my and gosh. it's it's amusing. The scene you were talking about earlier where Petunia is like terrified and Dudley says daddy's gone mad, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. I think that that is one of the most, like, the two two of them have amazing facial expressions. Yeah. In reaction to to the scene. And I just, I love that. That is, this is the part of the movie that everyone makes fun of Harry because they're like, why did you just pick up a letter off the floor, you stupid child? (laughs) I I know that's a a big thing people like to make fun of. I guess. I mean. I know. my, My reaction to that is, then we wouldn't get to meet Hagrid the way we meet yeah. him. So also, it's funny. And like, it's a movie. It, like, it is. Enjoy it is it a, <laughs> right, it is funny to kind of be like, ha, 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 you. But also, that's what you do when you're a kid. You're like, I'm going to try to catch this thing in the air. Yeah. Or, you know? I mean, even trying to think, I'm, of course, trying to say this for, like, the benefit of Harry. <laughs> like, this has happened. It's, it's chaos. Something very magical is happening and yes you want one of these letters but they're shooting out of the freaking fireplace (laughs) right it is it is a really cool scene it's funny because the way that film has changed since 2001 Mm -hmm. because that's when the movie came out that looks really really cool in that movie and i i think about just how cool it would look with technology 18 years later i think that i think that overall again i'll say this every time i think that the first book is very well preserved in the movie i i really don't have anything that i miss from the chapter at all no at all i the eggs were the one one of the big things that i had down but i didn't know it was a deleted scene. yeah it's a deleted scene you should check that's it out. amazing that they did that uh oh i will um, talk about the sadness of harry drawing himself a dust birthday cake Yes. Wait, is that in the book? No, it's just in the movie, and it breaks my heart. It's a great addition to the movie. Like, of course, we're Uh, talking about things that they changed or removed, but that is actually a wonderful. I mean, it's a beautiful. It's a beautiful um, substitute for that last couple paragraphs that I was just kind of reading and and reviewing. It's it's kind of like well, there's there's no way to show that, so we're going to 
do the sad thing because we love sadness and small That's children. That's a kid would do, too. It's so... Well, a, a sad kid who doesn't get birthdays or love... Yeah. yeah, that's really sad. Yeah, well, I didn't. I didn't get birthdays, but I got love growing up, and I promise you, I never did that because I got love, <laughs> just not birthdays. So it's extra sad. And then he says, "Make a wish, Harry," and then my heart breaks twice. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's great. You picked up on that, and I completely didn't, but that is such a... Some of that I literally just picked up on as we talked through it, because my brain doesn't work anymore. Oh, my god. It's my excuse at the end of every day. After 3 p.m. every day, we're lucky if my brain does enough to get me home from work or something. (laughs) Another thing that... I always pick up on, like, the dumbest changes between the book and the movie. But I was like, oh, he gets the bedroom... A book earlier in the in the book we don't see him in that new bedroom until chamber of secrets right so that was also something a little bit new the whole like interaction around that though though it's like it's so hard to not roll your eyes when dudley's like i need that bedroom like what is that you do not need that extra room where all your broken broken shit no. is. one of the things that as i reread it i remembered and was like oh my god i fucking hate you you stupid little child is when he puts his foot through his tv because his show was canceled it's like he doesn't understand like this is not the TV's fault. This is not your parents' fault. Sometimes like, I feel like people on social media, if they thought it would make them feel better, they would also put their foot through the TV when shows they like get canceled. I see a lot of people bitch about shows getting canceled. Mm-hmm. And I realize it's just me not understanding yeah. shows. But people get real excited about it. Now. Yeah. They're like, I can't believe this was canceled. Bro, bro, bro. And I'm like, did you kick your TV? Like, <laughs> That's not his name anymore. I cannot remember what the poetry was that you wrote. But... <laughs> well, you can have oh this paper <laughs> forever. I'm going to put it under my pillow. <laughs> so you can memorize his and, new nickname. And hopefully Hagrid will come in the middle of the night and make <sighs> me sausages. Make you sausages oh, and wait, delicious cake. We're giving a little bit of hat on ourselves. Oh, yes. But, Sorry, um... we'll talk about Hagrid later. <laughs> but you're totally right. Dudley doesn't understand how the world works because of who he's raised by. You see, I, that's a trait where I he totally gets that from Vernon. Oh, this is must must be why it was canceled. And I have so many things to say about Dudley and his personality being like each of his parents versus Harry, but it is not time for that. That's going to be so much later in the series. <laughs> but I'm stoked about it. Yeah, I think that's the last of my thought on the movie. Again, just A plus yeah. on the movie still. I agree. Loving, loving what they're choosing to do. I think that they are very successfully portraying this chapter of the book within the movie. Yeah. I can't wait until we have bad stuff to say about the movies because every <laughs> chapter so far, and I think the next one too. We'll get there. Really, really Don't great. worry. Negativity is coming our way. <laughs> well, Can't when, wait to be assholes about these movies. Once we push the Dursleys out of our life, we're going to have to find negativity somewhere. Oh, just, honey. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> uh, but hey, we're going to be seeing Draco and a whole bunch of other douchebags eventually, so negativity... Coming our way. There will never be a short of it, I'm sure. <laughs> so... 
So before we end this episode, we got to talk about who was awesome in this chapter and who wasn't. Yes. What was the rule that we made the last time? Was it whoever writes goes first? Well, last time you wrote and went first. So yes, apparently. So I guess I'm going first. So this chapter was kind of blah in choosing who wins, who loses. It's an easy loss. Vernon loses. I want to give him a pat on the back for his persistence, perseverance, his, his dedication to his very, very lost cause. But he is the loser of the chapter. The winner of the chapter is the creepy man with the boat. <laughs> I'm so glad we finally <laughs> mentioned him. I completely forgot that as I was reading this, I was like... Well, yeah. <laughs> like, Vernon, you're going to trust this guy over one of those here's why. Boats. Here's why he wins. I feel like I should explain. <laughs> because also, we get to meet smartass Harry in this chapter, and he was actually going to earn the win, because last chapter he was definitely like a default win. But this guy, he has got to see some crazy shit. You know, Vernon went to this guy and says, will you take my family and me out to this creepy ass shack in the middle of this storm? I know it's dangerous. I don't give a shit. Will you please do this? Obviously, or some over some way he said that. And the guy said, oh, sure, because he probably does stuff <laughs> okay. like this all the time. I wonder who else he takes out to that rock. <laughs> Like, who else pays him to take them out to this fucking rock? And what do they do once they go out Or whatever. There? I don't Well, he doesn't even take them. He, like, he like whatever, yeah, like, with the boat or whatever. But yeah. to, to be that person who basically runs whatever that bullshit, creepy underground thing is, I I just, I gotta respect a guy who, who does those things, I guess, and, and uh, doesn't blink an eye when some guy says, yeah, I want to take my... These two ten-year-old boys out to a rock in the middle of the sea, and my, and my wife. If this is what we do, it's okay, <laughs> okay. You know, he's he's just running his business. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a win because he hangs out by the scary storm ocean, ocean stormy ocean, because it's always storming there because that's how stories are told. Exactly, <laughs> and that's why he lives there. He likes Probably. It. That's amazing. Going on to house points. So the first person I have don't believe I have given points to Harry yet because he's so smart ass in this chapter I have to give 10 points to Harry yes these are the first points that he gets he's showing his personality I was a little bit surprised to see that because I feel like he's still you know orphan Harry who lives under the cupboard slash in the smallest bedroom I love it um and then I'm gonna give five points to the guy at the hotel who's just like um hello I have a letter for you I have 99 more which one? Right. Also, thank you for counting that. That yeah. was very nice of you. You're doing your job. Good job. I mean, the breakfast at your hotel kind of sounded nasty, but it was like cold tinned tomatoes I, on toast. I don't something. know. That's maybe so, that's a British thing. That's why it only gets five. We actually just had this conversation. People from the UK allegedly like to eat things on toast. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Things on toast are good. Toast is good. Beans on toast is good. Cheese on toast is good. Tinny tomatoes on toast, eh, not as appealing. Regardless, he gets five points. The people who get get points taken away, I'm going to be more basic this chapter. I'm going to be a basic snitch. Vernon gets ten points taken away. Vernon is just losing this book already. (laughs) He's lost a lot. He goes overboard. Unfortunately, not literally, because... I'm really not enjoying Vernon. Like we talked about, his effort to ignore the problem while always also making the problem bigger. I don't like it. So fuck you, Vernon. You should have gone to therapy. 
The other person who's getting points taken away is Dudley. You got all these lovely gifts, and you're breaking them, and just your greediness of wanting another bedroom that holds all of your broken shit, and all your friends are terrible. Ew. So, negative five points to Dudley. Dudley hating time. Yep. So. No! I'm sorry. Five points from Floofy Dinky Dudders. <laughs> so that's a wrap on chapter three. That is a wrap. In the next episode, we will be covering chapter four. The Keeper of the Keys. Which is a great name for a chapter. And, like, it's all happening in the next chapter. We will talk to you then. So have fun. Doing whatever you're doing while you listen to us. Have fun driving to work. I hope the traffic doesn't suck. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.